98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The financial secretary says no action is required for most residents to get their $5,000 of spending vouchers next month. The Hang Seng Index falls over 4% in early trading before regaining some ground. And the head of the Private Hospitals Association says the government has never asked private hospitals to take in COVID patients. Financial Secretary Paul Chan says no action is required for most residents to get $5,000 of electronic spending vouchers next month, as long as the Octopus card or e-payment account registered for last year's handout remains valid. The sum will be automatically credited. It's the first installment of a $10,000 subsidy announced in February's budget. Mr. Chan was asked whether he would be able to bring forward the distribution date, given that many shops are closing down because of COVID. To be prudent at this stage, we refrain from giving a specific day as to when this first batch of consumption voucher will be made. But our consideration is to do it as early as practically possible. But it really depends on the circumstances. The Hang Seng Index fell more than 4% in early trading this morning, hitting a near six-year low before recovering some losses. Dickie Wong, head of research at Kingston Securities, said the market had been affected by the Ukraine war. But Mr. Wong said he didn't see much downside for the index. Obviously, when we talk about long-term perspective, Hang Seng Index is trading at historical, not the historical lowest level when we talk about the, the PE multiple, but it's extremely attractive at this moment. So I don't really see so much downside at this moment now. Maybe like um, the tension between um, Russia and Ukraine, the situation will, will obviously affect the overall market sentiment. But at this moment, I don't really see so much downside. The head of the Private Hospitals Association, William Ho, says the government has never asked private hospitals to take in COVID patients, and they have limited capacity. He made the comments after the state leader in charge of Hong Kong affairs, Han Cheng, yesterday reportedly questioned why Hong Kong private hospitals hadn't been doing more to fight COVID. Dr. Ho said officials had asked private hospitals to help help treat non-COVID patients, and they have been providing beds, doing scans, operating, and more. Dr. Ho said private hospitals had their limitations. We also have to handle private hospital patients and some of our staff are unable to work because they are sick or are close contacts. So we just try our best. We won't leave patients to die and we will give them treatment. But under this situation, we have to transfer them to isolation rooms. My hospital only has six such rooms and some of them are being used for other patients, like those with tuberculosis. We have limitations as regards to environment, manpower and other factors. The Fire Services Department says it has received over 4,000 inquiries on a government hotline that opened yesterday for people who have just tested positive for COVID and want to arrange isolation. Anyone who tests positive can send a WhatsApp or WeChat message to the hotline as long as they have no symptoms or the symptoms are mild. An assistant director of the department, Wong Chun Yip, said... Details of over 300 cases had already been passed on to the anti-epidemic bus team for transfer. Mr. Wong urged people not to abuse the system. Many people who have done a rapid test urgently want to go to a community isolation facility because they don't want to stay at home or their living environment is unsuitable for home isolation. 
We set up this hotline in the hope of helping these patients so isolation facilities can be arranged for them as soon as possible and they won't have to put themselves or their family members at risk. So we urge the public to make good use of this platform. When we hear from them, we shall also call them to verify their situation. And that hotline number is 5233-1833. That's 5233-1833. The government says an overnight lockdown of three public housing blocks in Yunlong found 264 preliminary COVID cases. Xinyong House, Xinoi House and Xinlong House on Longxin Estate were sealed off for compulsory testing yesterday after sewage samples tested positive. Officials say nearly 2,600 residents were tested and that they are following up on 46 indeterminate cases. The former assistant director of broadcasting, Forever Che, has died at the age of 66. His family members told RTHK that they had been notified by the hospital late last night that his blood pressure was dropping. They said the veteran broadcaster had passed away by the time they'd arrived at the hospital. Mr. Che joined RTHK in 1981 and became the number three official at the government broadcaster in 2014 after two years of acting. He retired in 2015. Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has angrily condemned Russian military attacks that have killed civilians. In a video statement, Mr. Zelensky said the death of Ukrainian civilians in artillery bombardments would never be forgiven. Russia has officially announced that tomorrow there will be shelling of our territory, our factories, our defense complex. Most were built decades ago, even by the Soviet government. Thousands of people work there. Hundreds of thousands live nearby. This is murder, deliberate murder. Ukrainian officials say shelling of residential areas has continued overnight. Meanwhile, the BBC says military sources in Washington have acknowledged that Russian forces have continued to advance, but they say Ukrainian military units are still fighting back. The BBC's Duncan Kennedy reports. The senior defense officials say there have been limited changes on the ground in Ukraine. Their assessment is that Russian forces have continued their efforts to advance across the north and east, but that they're being met with strong Ukrainian resistance. The officials also say that airspace continues to be contested, but say both sides have taken losses to their aircraft and missile defense systems. The sources say the Russians have now fired around 600 missiles since the start of the conflict. The humanitarian crisis in Ukraine is deepening with tens of thousands of civilians trapped in cities under Russian shell fire. Civilian casualties have also been rising. This Indian student in the eastern city of Sumi said he had run out of food and fresh water. No food for the whole day, no water for the whole day. Bring out some snow from the downstairs. I just live on the ninth floor. I had to run down on the first floor, bring out the snow from the outside. Bring it inside, warm it up, boil it up, then cool it, then drink. As Russian forces approach Kyiv, the BBC's Jeremy Bowen has the latest from the capital. Here in the, the center of the city, you know, it's a bit of a weird atmosphere because the streets are empty, there are troops on the streets, there are roadblocks, road checks, there are alerts. But up to now, it's been relatively okay. And of course, they're looking at 
the terrible things happening elsewhere in the country. Let's not forget about this. People have full access to the international media. They know exactly what's going on. A lot of people have left. 50,000 a day from the railway station going west towards the Polish border. But a lot of those people who are here now, I think, are determined to stay. They're determined to, to see it out, to tough it out. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, has spoken to both the Russian and Ukrainian leaders amid international efforts to de-escalate the crisis. Here's the BBC's James Landale. Amid the continued fighting, there was some diplomacy. President Putin spoke to the presidents of France and Turkey. The Russian leader told his Turkish counterpart the invasion of Ukraine was going to plan and would stop only if Ukrainian forces ceased hostilities. The Elysee Palace said that in a call lasting almost two hours, Mr Putin told President Macron he was determined to achieve all his goals through negotiation or war. In turn, the French leader underlined the absolute necessity of Russia not attacking nuclear installations. In Australia, a man is under police guard in hospital after causing a multi-vehicle crash and car fire on the Sydney Harbour Bridge this morning. The car he was driving was allegedly stolen. It burst into flames after colliding with two other vehicles. Detective Superintendent Rowan Cramsey says the man sustained serious injuries and will be interviewed by police later. We would ask anybody who may have any information at all, either to do with the stealing of the Kluger or the collision itself, including any dash cam footage to come forward. The price of oil has risen again sharply and is now approaching an all-time high following suggestions that Russian oil exports could be banned by the United States and the European Union. The U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is visiting NATO allies in Eastern Europe. The BBC's Naomi Iqbal spoke to him about the prospects of such a, such a ban. Tough sanctions have already been imposed on Moscow, but it hasn't caused Mr Putin to back down. When we asked Mr Blinken at the start of the trip about banning Russian energy imports, he said there was currently no strategic interest in targeting global energy supplies. But America wants to protect people from huge price hikes, and pressure has been growing on Western nations to cut off Russian energy imports, which they pay billions for every year. This is being seen as a crucial way to tighten the screws on the Kremlin. Moody's has downgraded Russia's credit rating to the second lowest rung of its ratings ladder. The agency cited central bank capital controls that are likely to restrict payments on the country's foreign debt and lead to default. Moody's said its decision to cut Russia's rating was driven by severe concerns around Russia's willingness and ability to pay its debt obligations. Russia's economy has been plunged into crisis as a result of harsh sanctions imposed by the West, which include freezing assets of the central bank held overseas and severing several Russian banks from the SWIFT international payments system. Two of the world's largest accountancy and business consultancy firms, PwC and KPMG, have cut their Russian branches from their global network in response to the Kremlin's attack on the Ukraine. The firms are the latest companies alongside international retailers and entertainment businesses to halt or suspend their commercial activities in Russia. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,138. That's 766 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $102.3 billion. 
And in currencies, a short time ago, the U.S. dollar would purchase 114.88 yen. The euro was at one U.S. dollar and eight cents, and the pound was worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 31 cents. In sports news now, in football, Manchester City have thrashed rivals Manchester United 4-1. Kevin De Bruyne and Riyad Mahrez each scored a brace on either side of halftime after winning the derby. City are now six points clear at the top of the Premier League table. Liverpool are second with the game in hand. Marez says he's happy to contribute. I'm trying to help the team as, as, as much as I can every game. Obviously, um, this season I'm, I'm more efficient because of the work we're doing in training. I'm trying to be more in the, in the box, try to be involved everywhere to try to, to score goals. Arsenal are fourth in the league after edging lowly Watford 3-2 at Vicarage Road. Odegaard, Saka and Martinelli were the goal scorers for the Gunners. Despite the victory, their manager Mikel Arteta felt his side should have played even better. We scored three great goals, but defensively we looked vulnerable. We looked open, we looked like we didn't want to sometimes do the basics, you know, and when you start to cheat uh, on certain moments, you suffer, and, um, and that's why defensively today I'm not happy with what we've done. And with a look at other football games in Europe, here's the BBC's Paul Serres. Ferran Torres and Memphis Depay came off the bench to get the goals as Barcelona came from behind to beat Elche 2-1 in La Liga. Xavi's side are up to third in the table. Elsewhere, Atletico Madrid won 3-1 away at Betis to move above their opponents into the top four. In Italy, Milan went top of Serie A with a 1-0 win away at Napoli. Olivier Giroud with the only goal of the game at the Stadio Diego Armando Maradona, while Juventus were 1-0 winners over Spezia. Basketball, the Milwaukee Bucks have won a rematch of last year's NBA Finals, beating Phoenix 132-122 at home. Chris Middleton scored a season-high 44 points, while Drew Holiday had 17 of his 24 in the fourth quarter. The Suns were playing without star guards Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Elsewhere, Jason Tatum dominated with a season-high 54 points to help Boston to a 126-120 victory over the Brooklyn Nets. The red-hot Celtics have now won 14 of their, of their last 16 outings. Tatum says he's glad he got it going. Just trying to make the right play. Obviously, you know, you kind of get in that zone. You know, the basket, you know, just seemed a little bit bigger. And uh, you feel just a little bit better about yourself in your spots. But um, ultimately, just trying to make the right play, attack the mismatch, and then, you know, they overhelp, you know, find open guy. In tennis, China's Shang Shui has denied Ukraine's Diana Yestremetska a remarkable victory at the Lyon Open. Zhang won 3-6, 6-3, 6-4 in the decider. The 21-year-old Ukrainian had escaped Russian bombings just over a week ago and had talked about how she had been woken up by the sound of bombs before arriving in Lyon. She says she will use her prize money of about 12,000 pounds to help her home country. And a quick look at the weather. Becoming fine and dry, cool tonight. Moderate to fresh northerly winds. The outlook, fine and dry in the next couple of days. Cool in the morning. And uh, a relatively large difference between day and night in the temperatures. And the temperature right now is 22 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 67%. And that's the news at 1 o'clock from RTHK.